Hey there, welcome to another episode of today's lesson, a Nick Cave podcast. Mm. I'm Andrew. And I'm Sean. And today we're going to be talking about track number five from The Firstborn is Dead, Knocking on Joe. Sean, how are you doing? I am doing wonderfully. And Andrew, I've got a joke for you. So give me one <laughs> sec. All right. Knock, knock. Who's there? Joe. Sean, how are you doing? Jesus, come on. (laughs) (laughs) It's really funny, I promise. (laughs) Okay, all right. Knock, knock. Who's there? Joe. Joe who? Joe Mama. (laughs) This is today's lesson in It Cave podcast. Yes. Uh, Sean, how you doing? You know, Andrew, I am doing fantastically. I'm stuffed. I just ate way too much meat, so I'm sweating a bit, but uh, otherwise can't complain. How are you? Uh, I'm good. Uh, may I inquire as to what kind of meat you had? Oh, delicious. Juicy hamburger meat grilled fresh on my tiny little Traeger. Uh, yeah, the finest what? kind. My Traeger. Is it a Traeger? It's a grill. It's a it's tiny a grill. little grill. Yeah. It's a grill you got to stoop for. But uh, it's well worth the effort. Uh, Andrew, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. Um, knocking on Joe. Sean, we had a real hard time figuring out exactly where this phrase came from. Yeah. No, I was, I was knocking my head against the wall, uh, Typing in as many different ways into Google, uh, reading as many books as I own, which is two, and none of them relate. Um, none <laughs> of them mention Joe. Knocking <laughs> on Joe. Knocking. Fi- knocking knock- towards Joe. Knocking on Joseph. I tried that one, and uh, <laughs> nothing came up, except a book called Knocking on Joe, which was about death row inmates. And I, I think that you got a little farther than I did. So, uh, in an unrelated book. Uh, I found a reference to the book that you're speaking about in which uh, the author of this second book mentions that Knocking on Joe, according to the first book, is related to injuring yourself to get out of, you know, prison labor or, or work duty of some kind. Um, ah. Just kind of interesting, you know, as it relates to the song that comes before it, you know, being a work song, but... Um, yeah, that's that's about what we could find. Sorry. Sorry about it. Yeah, whoops. Uh please do write in and tell us if you have any uh better information, though it's gonna be hard to beat from we found it in a book. Well, we found it on the internet in <laughs> part of a book referencing another book we did not read. That is so good to clarify. 
neither of us have touched these get. books. We haven't seen these books. That's as good as you fucks are going to get from us. <laughs> Sorry. It's the quality you've come to expect. Um, <laughs> it's the quality it, you love about us. <laughs> exactly. Why would you still be here if you didn't? Um, so, yes, it's it's injuring yourself to get out of work duty. Um, I did read somewhere else, and this was even better than a book. It's a comment somewhere that it was simply being on death row. I'm not even going to take that any further but uh you know knocking on joe maybe nick cave made it up maybe it's all about this song we'll we'll figure out what it means as we go through the text yeah again if you know if you know exactly what it is please let us know if you're nick cave and can just tell us that would be great too but that's probably not going to (laughs) happen that would be fantastic actually speaking of nick cave he wrote the lyrics for this song and the lyric uh music for this song too also <laughs> um it opens did, with go ahead did anyone else contribute yeah they played instruments on it oh okay but uh it's kind of his show when it comes to knocking on joe and it seems seems to be the case all right um the song opens you know with menacing piano Guitar, fiddle faddle, as you've come to expect, um, <laughs> courtesy of Blixa, and uh, you got, you know, bass and then harmonica comes in. It's it's pretty much the same sort of uh, ensemble of sounds that we've heard uh, this whole album. You know, it's this song will be a little more sparse uh, than some of the others that are more dense, but it's a very cohesive album, not just lyrically, but musically, and that continues here. Very cohesive, and this is also where it gets sludgy. It it takes what they've done so far, and you know it it slows it way down, and we get something of a, uh, I feel like a march. It's uh, we get a little bit even of swing in there, but it's very, uh, very uh, dirgy, and it it's yes. the rest of the album. We're on the we're on the backside of the album. We talked about this last time with Black Crow King. It kind of splits it up, but uh, we're we're moving into. The rest of the album, and I think that this is its own distinct part in an album that really does hold together. Yeah, it kind of, it almost has sort of a loungy feel to it, like a, like in that uh, video for In the Ghetto or whatever, uh, in Tupelo, where it's just kind of, it almost sounds like Nick Cave just at a smoky club, were it yeah. not conjuring such a specific, you know, death row image. Like, it, it has... Like you're talking about, there's those little moments of swing where everything kind of drops out uh, right afterwards, and uh, yeah, definitely, definitely dirgy. But his, he gets a little croony here too, and it's kind of kind of fun. He does. He kind of puts his own take on um, the the Johnny Cash playing in a prison. Um, it's it's more that <laughs> twisted lounge singer like we've seen in the videos so far. Uh, you know, Nick the Stripper getting up on stage and, and giving it his all. And I like that you said that it's um, kind of clubby because I think what would really fit well here musically are brass. And we don't get any of that, obviously. But um, yeah, I, I noticed when he's well, we'll hear this in the song when he starts going, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, it's kind of taken the place of <laughs> a whole brass section in that swing yes. section, um, which I love. I love that. It's, it's very croony. It's great. Yeah, it's it's oh, it's amazing. Um yeah, uh let's get into the lyrics. Do you want to start us off? 
Yeah. So we begin uh, happily enough. These chains of sorrow, they're heavy, it is true. And these locks cannot be broken. No, not with 1,000 keys. That's, uh, Andrew, what do you think of that line or those lines? Real deep, you know, <laughs> real meaningful. No, it's, uh, you know, I think he's, this song is very melodramatic. And this is, uh, it's imagery that isn't the most novel, obviously, but it really does fit the song. And I, I enjoy the lines because of that. And having listened to it so many times this time through, um, I always dismiss this song because it starts with one of my, I mean, this is just one of my least favorite Nick Cave lyrics. Um, breaking a lock with a thousand keys. I just don't like, fuck, it's, it's way too syrupy. It's way too melodramatic. And it's, I don't know, it's just not that clever. Um, like you said, it's, <laughs> it's not deep. Uh, but I've come around to it because we get past that pretty quick. Um, and it does speak to, you know, the themes, the burden of guilt. This guy clearly has um, more issues than simply being imprisoned, as we'll hear that he is um, here very shortly. But uh, it also kind of paints the character as somebody who is is clearly under a lot of stress from himself or, or something in his past, something he's done. Um, so it does set things up well. It's just the way it comes across I have always disliked. He's immediately this character he's a different character it's very melodramatic i think this character is joining the long list of just pretty much irredeemable <laughs> fools <laughs> but this guy this guy has that melodramatic that this flair for the dramatic that i think really comes through it continues in the next lines you know oh jailer you drag a ball and chain you cannot see like wow it's so <laughs> profound but i i really think he is that cave is playing with that um especially with the voice he's kind of putting on yes. a little bit for this yep. um you can lay your burden on me you can lay down your burden on me but you can't lay down your memory and and here we go whoa 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 <laughs> whoa 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 <laughs> Um, how's this how's this it could be whoa w-o-a-h or whoa w-o-e Mm. whoa D whoa now which one is that i can't i you know i think that that's taken a leap but i like it you were dragging a ball and it's invisible man you don't even know but you're in the you jail with know. me <laughs> <laughs> i i will defend this line i think um because this really does th this whole song and you get it right here it feels like a man who has not been acting like this we're coming into his life as he suddenly makes these realizations, um, perhaps in the, you know, coming to the end of his life. And, you know, it's just kind of him on his way, just kind of going, eh, you know, jailer, watch out. We're not so different. Um, and I don't know, this got me thinking at least a bit. And, you know, we get some Jesus imagery here. You can lay your burden on me, um, but you can't lay down your memory, which in a way is profound you know i think that's something that everyone can relate to and that even after confessing getting something off your chest um you know working through things you'll always you'll always live with the memory of what was done or what has happened and um i think i think there is something to be said for that I, yeah. yeah that line's pretty cautionary like i i think we're gonna see that he he can't lay down his memory and he is he is 
that's one of the few things that feels very authentic about what this character is is saying yes and that is also a good point i think this man is projecting a lot <laughs> yes <laughs> um here's something that this this is nothing profound but this is a line that sticks with me a lot um this square foot of sky will be mine till i die yeah knocking on joe and i just love that you know when you're sick and you're kind of like just looking in your room or whatever and it's just like i, I don't know you you sort of notice things you don't take things as for granted when you're look when that's your environment and when all you have is this jail cell and a tiny window or it you know skylight or whatever the hell it is i just yep. i love that just it conjures such an image in, in a place for me yeah yeah absolutely i mean it's the imagery is fantastic and this one has always stuck with me as well um reminds me of work you know sitting at a desk and you know going <laughs> day a day out and maybe you're near a window or something and that's what you see and yeah yeah it's god th th that line is absolutely fantastic it puts you right there with them. All down the row, knocking on Joe. Oh ho ho! <laughs> if you needed any more evidence that we are that we are on death row, here we are. All down the row. All down that good row. Oh warden, I surrender to you. Your fist can't hurt me anymore. You know these hands will never mop your dirty death row floors. So this this to me really lends credence to the idea that knocking on Joe is what you, you self harm to avoid work. Yeah, absolutely, and um, I think that this is perhaps the most extreme case. The most extreme way to go about that is you know marching down death row to go to your death um, in order to get out of work, and that's that's kind of his one thing he can say now to the warden is like you know it sounds like it kind of a dick warden um i don't give a shit if you beat me up anymore it doesn't matter you know i'm not gonna mop your floors anymore because i'm gonna go die uh kind of kind of funny yeah it could be that he's going to die from his sentence or it could be that he's you know killing himself in his cell i think oh one last act of autonomy yeah and that's not I don't know that that's fully borne out in the text, but I think if you subscribe to the knocking on Joe idea that we found in a book, hmm. a section of a book about another book that we didn't read, that you, you could kind of go that route. <laughs> Absolutely. This man is a stoic, a stoic, strong man choosing the time of his death. I like that. I hadn't, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, just one, one possibility. Uh, preacher, come closer. You don't scare me anymore. Just tell Nancy not to come here. Oh, tell her not to come. Let me die in the memory of her arms. What do you think about this, Sean? Well, I think it identifies the speaker as Dale Gribble. Uh, <laughs> he has finally been taken away. Nancy. <laughs> Nancy. Don't come oh, back here. Oh, you'll never, <laughs> you'll never take me. <laughs> sha, sha, sha. Sha, sha. Finally got caught for something, and now he's in there knocking on Joe. <laughs> Dang it, Dale. You're knocking on Joe again? <laughs> um, no, this is just another, you know, 
looking in looking to the preacher who who comes around and kind of a callback to Black Crow King where we we're talking about, you know, what is the the symbol of the Christ for, you know, is it to scare people away? Is it to scare people into the righteous path? Um, mm, it sounds like perhaps catch. the preacher has come and, and uh, you know, fire and brimstone like said, you know, repent, be a better person, whatever, whatever. And, you know, preacher, get over here. You don't scare me anymore. You're the one person who's going to lead this place. Just take a message to Nancy, you know, his wife, his lover, whoever that might be. Um, and, and, Tell her to stay away. He has he has whatever memory he has, and this is actually a turn uh, from the memory prior, where you know sorrow and memory shackles him. This actually sounds like a, a memory of respite, where perhaps he's morphed and, and molded something in his past that was good uh, into a place of solace, and he doesn't want to ruin that or you know change that with actually seeing the person in question. Yeah, definitely. That's a really good point. I, I like. Uh... That is that is an optimistic viewpoint, and that is rare in <laughs> in uh, Nick Cave. But it does really feed off that first instance of of memory. I like that. Yeah, a lot a lot of play with memory here. And and you have the idea of the warden and his fists, and the preacher and his words. You have this very, you know, the physical pains of yeah. the of existence and the the mental sort of metaphysical sort of pains just kind of i'm kind of i'm sick of it i'm tired of this shit you beat me up so i'm gonna do physical labor you come and yell at me so i'm gonna be righteous in mind (laughs) fuck that fuck that this is in in the darkest way possible sort of a a defiant emancipating tale that's right and i i said it jokingly earlier but you know in the stoic tradition the most autonomous thing you can do is choose the moment of your death and maybe he's finally seen the light says you know none of this stuff matters to me anymore and beyond whatever reproach or judgment you might have um the whole song is you know slow and sad but it really does sound like he's he's seeing all these people from his life in prison just kind of brushing them off and saying you know yeah i don't really care about you anymore there's a there's a detachment in the way the lines are delivered yeah 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 Oh, you kings of halls and ends of halls, you will die within these walls, and I'll go down the row, knocking on Joe. And th- this this does make me feel more like, you know, I, I like the idea that he is choosing his time of death, but this may just be him finally being, him finally gathering the resolve, and, you know, I'll go, I'll go meet my death uh, with open arms. With arms wide open, <laughs> I'll meet my yes. death. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, it's interesting that he points out to everyone else that they'll die within these walls. I don't know if perhaps he he feels that he's held on to life. He seems to he seems to differentiate place between these walls and where he's going down the row. Um, Perhaps in a way that, you know, he sees people around him who have given up already and died already. Um, You know, death row being a punishment that prior to the actual execution um, kills the spirit. And this, to me, almost feels like he hasn't given up yet um, and is going to make it all the way to the chamber. I don't know if there's anything in that or if it's in any way useful. Um, That's what I got out of this line. I I mean... Yeah, I don't know how how much is there, but I really yeah, I like that a lot. I think I think that's about 
all you can can grab from it. There was also another callback to Black Crow King, Kings of Halls, Kings of Nothing at all. Yeah, um, I and think ends of halls. Yeah, ends of nothing at all. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's it's a it's a rebuke almost of of wardens and guards and prisoners all together, sort of maybe yep. executioners. Who knows? I'd... Nancy's body is a coffin. She wears my tombstone at her head. Her body is a coffin. She wears my tombstone at her head. She wears her body like a coffin. She wears a dress of golden red. Um, what do you make of this? Ah, uh, um, I don't know, and I don't know if it's the imagery again being. I don't know. I I didn't like this line either. Uh, the first few times listening through, and I've come around more to it. It's it's kind of a reverse mothering image in a lot of ways. Um, in that if her body is a coffin, he's going in for his death, um, rather than, you know, women hold people at their birth and you don't then slide back in to die. Um, so that's one way of looking at it. I don't know again, if there's any water there. Um, I think this is more an idealized version of this nancy person and go back to the memory of nancy telling her not to come around uh i think might be for a selfish reason this this line says to me that he's assuming that she carries his death around with her at all times that she is his grave um for whatever reason and that it would almost break his heart uh as as we come to this next line grave robbers in my coffin before my body's even cold it would break his heart to think that someone were grave robbing Nancy. And to me, that is, you know, somebody coming in and Nancy not just being devoted to him forever and being this, you know, walking uh, tomb for him, but, you know, moving on and being with other people and, and you know, not carrying him around at all times. So this this is more a, a selfish passage. I think it paints the character in a less sympathetic light and that he's, again, projecting this idea that this person is now his tomb but doesn't want to see her because i don't think he believes that to actually be the case yeah i I think there's a lot of selfishness and jealousy there yeah i would like to offer an alternative reading though i really do like that and i think grave robbers at my coffin nancy's body is a coffin i mean the, the jealousy that angle is definitely there whether she's alive or not i think is unclear Mm-hmm. Um, because this guy's on death row. He did something bad. Nancy's body is a coffin. I don't 100 per, I'm not like convinced that she's dead or he killed her because those lines about grave robbers at my coffin before my body's even cold do strike me as sexual jealousy. Yeah. That said, you know, he's, he's, there, there's a chance that Nancy's death is why he's here him telling a preacher to tell yeah. Nancy not to come here could be like her ghost. Yep. She wears a dress of golden red. It could be that she had a dress of gold and was killed. Um, that's all specula- speculation, though. Oh, and I saw the dress as more of a dress of black and blue, so I don't know if there's anything to that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which color is that dress? We still haven't figured it out. <laughs> No, but I um, love that. Um, it it explains how he would know what color her dress is. Um, 
yeah, whether that's a persistent memory or it's, yeah, I, I really like that, that he killed her in the red. Yeah. Yeah. Just alternative readings. I mean, it's it's not clear. It's ambiguous. So I, I like, and he could still have that jealous, maybe that's why he killed her, was he was jealous of her messing around. But that's even a leap, right? Like, it, it's, it's such a present tense thing when he's yep. talking about it. You know, maybe he's just insane or whatever, but um you know before my body is even cold when i die this will happen but i think that's it's purposeful kind of misleading i think there's just a good amount of evidence um both ways yeah and i mean going off of our experience so far with nick cave it is rare for a woman to be mentioned in a song without having been killed in some way uh, brutally it sucks it really (laughs) sucks but it's something we we we've come to expect um, at least for this period as i said earlier yeah, yeah. in some earlier episode this will stop eventually yeah, we're still on album but... two give us a few albums <laughs> to get through <laughs> no i think this is one of the this might be the last one that's quite this severe in that respect yeah um, but the first two are, are yeah yep big yikes um <laughs> it's a door for when i go knocking on joe Oh, these hands will never mop your dirty death row floors. No. Yeah. It's just, it's repetition. He's not going to do the work anymore. He's over it. He's knocking on Joe. Sean, what's this door all about? This door, I don't know. I don't know. And this is a very strange line to to follow up to the previous stanza. Uh, It's here. If we're taking it in the context of the flow, I, it feels like the it's is regarding the coffin. And it, it's one of those well of misery things where it's just such a weird way to move through the verse. Um, I could see the it's referencing something completely different that we haven't actually talked about yet. Uh, but if it's, if, if the door is the coffin, he's, I don't know. He's living on through Nancy. Final answer. I don't know. No, I mean, it could be a cell door. It could be, you know, the electric chair. Just, you know, symbolism for... Uh, it could be the act of him harming himself. It's a door for when I go knocking on Joe. Uh, These hands will never mop your floors. Could be that. I like the coffin. The coffin seems likely um, because it does seem to be referencing one of the things that we've talked about before, but... Uh, just another weird quirky line that it's kind of hard to to suss out no i I like the idea of it being knocking on joe is his door um it's i don't know what you would call that i'm not good enough with wording uh but it's a door for when i go knocking on joe uh feels like the it's is referencing something to fall in that knocking on joe line yeah yeah and you can hide you can run you can run you can hide you can stay you can come but your trial is yet to come. So I think this is the inevitability of you can sit in your cell, you can knock on Joe, whether that's, you know, self-harm or just suicide. You can you can do all this stuff, but you're going to be judged. Um, you know, your trial is yet to come. It almost kind of has this, you know, like you, like you mentioned, you know, this sort of, being able to choose when you go there's that that freedom but maybe it isn't full freedom if you're going to be judged at some point regardless well and i think that's where some of his confidence in this song of brush never knows off has come from is that 
you know, preacher, get out of here. I've, I've come around to the light myself. I think that he is fully on board with the idea that we're going to be judged after we've done, you know, after we've gone knocking on Joe, gone through the door um, by, by someone or something that can perhaps see the truth. Um, and so that's where, again, this, this sort of pointing fingers at everyone else is coming from, Hey, you know, you know what you've done, you know what you've done, you know what you've done. Um, you'll all be judged just like me, uh, you know, sooner or later. Yeah. I also think here we might have an expansion of the, the Nick Cave universe because oh, they tell. <laughs> we, we have a reference to, uh, the trial i don't know just the next album is called your funeral my trial it's a it's a great song we're going to deal with trials a whole lot coming up uh it's something to think about i mean yeah your funeral my trial uh not promising based on what what i had just promised about uh (laughs) treatment of anyway you can lay your burden down here you can lay your burden upon me you can lay it down here you can't hurt me anymore a very repetitious uh again this song takes adapts kind of a blues structure um just kind of you know down we go a down we go a down we go um down we go. that's knocking on joe i don't know that there's a whole lot else uh there but this is definitely a song that i think Sean, you and I have a lot of questions about, and if anybody knows anything, anybody has some inside info on this, uh, or has ever been to jail, I guess, <laughs> let, me, let us know. Let us Do know. people say this? Is this something that is, is said and done? You've heard? Gotta know. Inquiring minds want to know. That's right. Sean. Andrew. Oh, it's wait. Been great. One more thing. One more thing that's been bugging me. Um, there is a fantastic live recording of this song available on YouTube uh, from 1985. I believe it was a show in Manchester in which Roland S. Howard actually plays with them and uh, does some very mm-hmm. haunting guitar. And so I highly recommend the the audio quality is not the best, but I do recommend going and checking that out. Uh, Knocking on Joe featuring Roland S. Howard, if you have a moment. So. A very rare live performance of this, I imagine. Yes, absolutely. You know, footage of that version of the band is very uh, elusive, so hence the quality. But still, it <laughs> yeah. exists. Fuck yeah! Um, if you like the show, please log on to www dot wherever you found <laughs> us, and if the option presents itself, why don't you go ahead and and check off five big stars there uh for your for your friends sean and andrew and if uh, you like the show if you don't uh, can't help you sorry yeah if you don't you could still do five stars i mean what's it to you doesn't matter it's uh, polite it's, it's just polite and just for reference uh, that's one two three four five stars wherever it is you're listening i have seen a couple out there so i do want to send a thank you to whoever's been doing that but uh yeah no those are our russian bots uh (laughs) taking taking the reins 
which is no, kind of fucked up because so I bought a lot more than two. So Yeah, we really got a bad deal on that one. But thank you. Uh, if there are real people out there doing it, thank you so much. We really do appreciate it. Spread the word. Tell your friends. If they like Nick Cave, if they might feasibly try to get into Nick Cave, you know, throw us a bone. Throw us a bone. And even if they just listen to podcasts, I... The podcast people listen to these days, good God, stuff they don't have any interest in at all. Just Dreck. It's trash. Absolute garbage. Fucking garbage. Tell them to put this fucking thing on in the background and it's going to be nicer than listening to Dax Shepard or whatever the fuck they're listening to. Jesus fucking Christ. Are you kidding me? God. Just trash (laughs) all around. Anyways, thanks for listening. Five stars only. No exceptions allowed. Sean, where can they find us? Yes, they can find us, um, as always, with access to the internet, your local library on your cell phone. Uh, If you have an email, email us at todayslessonpod at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at todayslessonpod. You can throw us a couple bones if you'd like on uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash todayslesson. Uh, Or you can send a self-addressed stamped envelope uh, wherever you'd like. And it will likely get nowhere, but uh, it's nice for the thought. So, it's a thought that counts. Sean, I had a great time talking about knocking on Joe with you. Thank you, Andrew. I too had a great time talking with me about knocking on Joe. And oh. <laughs> ah, you got me again. <laughs> um, uh, Sean, what should they be listening to for next time? Well, next time we're going to be just rolling on through the album, and you're going to want to check out Wanted Man, a, a truly thrilling song. So, yes, listen listen to the next track on The Firstborn is Dead, Wanted Man. We got we to gotta come up with the sign-off. Yeah. This is Andrew <laughs> just gonna signing wait. off. <laughs> just... That's rough. That's real rough. We got to workshop that. Uh, um, yeah. I got no joy from that. Yeah, me neither. It sounded so good in my head. This is the Sean man. Got to work on my delivery. What? It's the, what is the Sean man? <laughs> this is you know Sean man and the Drew. <laughs> the Drew steer. One oh five eight nine point six. Sean man and the Drewster signing off. <laughs> no, uh, I just don't know. We'll get it. We'll get it. What uh we have to think about what's it. What's funny? What's funny? <laughs> what is fart funny? noises are funny. Alright, I'm gonna stop the recording. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>